You are listening to Jesus is Better, a podcast series presented by Church on Mill, where we discover in a momentary trial the eternal truth that Jesus is better. Church on Mill, thanks for tuning in to another Jesus is Better, the podcast. Today, we have Maddie. Hi, everybody. <laughs> thanks, Maddie, for coming and spending some time with us. Uh, this is Maddie Remus. Everybody knows her, but why don't you take a second and tell us what you do here at the church? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I work here at the church as one of the directors of the Christian Challenge Ministries, um, which is the collegiate arm of our church. So I do a lot of work um, with Bible studies with college students, discipling college students, and just running that aspect of the ministry. Awesome. How long have you been doing that? Um, I'm finishing up my third year here. So That's phenomenal. Yeah. But you've been here in the church a lot longer than that. Yeah, I've been here at the church since 2011, so Gosh. almost 10 years. Wow, you're getting old. <laughs> I am. I was looking at my gray hairs this morning, and they are, there's tons of them. <laughs> yeah, you're going to talk to me about gray hair. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you are a, an incredibly wise, godly, thoughtful person, so I'm thrilled to have you on to think uh, with me about a, a super important topic, loneliness. Mm. Do you feel lonely? Sometimes. Today, it's really nice seeing people in person. So I'll say today, I'm not so lonely. Yeah. I don't remember the last time we were in the same room at the same time. Me neither. Yeah. This is great. So again, thank you for taking uh, some time. A couple of years ago, a bunch of articles came out on the topic of loneliness. Did you see any of them? Yes, I did. You did? Yeah. Which one did you enjoy the most? Um, all of them. Okay. <laughs> Just before we hit record, I asked Maddie if she'd seen any of these articles, and she said no. <laughs> so she's getting back at me for asking the same question again. Well, the, the articles, I, I went back and looked up a few of the titles just because I remember them really being provocative, but I couldn't remember exactly what they were um, entitled. So let me read you a few of them. Um, uh, one from the Washington Post was titled, The Surgeon General Says There Is a Loneliness Epidemic. Hmm. That was two years ago. Hmm. So um, if that's true, then there was an epidemic before the epidemic. Wow, that's crazy. Epidemic of loneliness. Uh, another article says social isolation kills more people than obesity. And a third, uh, how social isolation, isolation, not isolation, uh, <laughs> is killing us. That was from New York Times. Hmm. So that's, those were all over two years ago. Imagine how much worse loneliness um, is today. Mm. And it turns out, Maddie, that this is really a problem uh, that's been building for decades. Um, Years ago, a very famous book came out called Bowling Alone, and it was about the isolation of uh, Americans. (laughs) It was about how Americans are living more and more alone, and 28% of Americans now live by themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, how what used to be one of the crowning jewels of uh, activity together, joining a bowling league, had morphed into people literally going out to bowl alone. Sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. So this was the pandemic before the pandemic. 
look forward to thinking with you about that topic for a little bit. Where do you think, Maddie, that loneliness emerges in the Bible? It's mm, a really good question, Chuck. Um, we would often expect loneliness to come after the fall, maybe. It sounds like such like a negative emotion. It has to be from sin. But if you look at all the way back to Genesis 1 and 2, um, God is creating tons of things. He's saying it's good, it's good, over and over again. And the very first time he says something is not good is when he saw that Adam was alone. Mm. And so we see that loneliness um, existed even before the fall. Um, and so then God created Eve, and Adam wasn't alone anymore. Um, so the feeling of loneliness itself, we shouldn't think of it as sinful, although we sometimes have sinful like responses, and we exaggerate that mm. feeling of loneliness. Mm. Yeah, mm. interesting. So the, the longing to be close to people, to be in relationship with people who are like us, mm -hmm. um, isn't sinful. Mm -hmm. isn't bad, isn't wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really interesting observation, uh, Maddie. Um, you know, in your work with college students, um, I imagine that uh, college is such a communal time of life. That's, those of us who are past that time often look back on it with fond memories about the amount of time and the closeness that we had with people. Um, mm -hmm. I assume that as the, the the pandemic hit, that that really affected the college students in terms of their relationships. Have you seen any of that? Mm -hmm, definitely. Um, yeah, when this all started, um, there was there's a decent amount of students that immediately went home to their families, but there was a lot of students that tried to hang out here as long as they possibly mm -hmm. could, living in Tempe or in the dorms. And for a while, we had just small groups of college students hanging out in the challenge building, just trying to like still be in community with each yeah. other. And you could see for several weeks into the pandemic, people were holding on to being able to be with each other. Um, but as things kept going on, it just wasn't realistic for people to stay around here and not good for them to be around each other. So we had to start asking people to go home. Um, talking with some of those students since they've left, um, they've really struggled. Mm. Um, a lot of them went home to families that um, are not believers. Mm. And so for them, being in college is so great because they're around a family of believers and now they feel even more isolated, especially spiritually, because they're not around people that are going to point them to the gospel or encourage them to be in yeah. the word or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. So. Gosh, what a difficult thing. Yeah. And a bizarre circumstance. Mm -hmm. I mean, none of us would have ever imagined yeah, no. living through something like this. Um, I know that you spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours blessing students just in conversations with them. As, mm -hmm. as these topics have come up, have there been some things that you've maybe experientially learned or just knew already from the scriptures that have been helpful to the students? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, something to think about is that though we may feel alone, we're never actually alone. Um, God has given us his spirit, and therefore God's presence is with us always. Um, and so I've been working on trying to remind students that though they feel isolated, that God's presence is with them. Um, Psalm, Psalm 73 is great for that. Um, just reminding us that the goodness of God is in his nearness to us. Um, Another thing is reminding them that there's great opportunity for mission, um, even while you do feel lonely. Um, our mission field has drastically changed in the college ministry. Sure. Before, we were trying to reach 
more college students, but now as students have scattered, now the their families have become right. the mission field. Right. So trying to encourage them to lean all the more into sharing the gospel, like living a godly life for their families to be able to see. Um, sometimes um, doing something good and obeying God um, helps distract, not distract you, but take your mind off of the loneliness. But like obeying God is like good for us in yes. order to yeah. keep moving forward. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's seemed like uh, good observations, wise, helpful things. Thanks for all that you do so consistently to, to help and bless students. Um, you, you haven't been married very long. Has it been hard to have somebody around all the time? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, yes and no. Um, so I'm married to Brandon, and our anniversary is actually on Monday, okay. so the two years. Oh, gosh. <laughs> And in those two years of marriage, we've actually had the privilege of being on the church staff together. So we're already really used to being around each other all the right. time. Right. So I tell people that our experience is probably a little bit different. We already get enough of each other, <laughs> even without a pandemic. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, sometimes uh, it's not it's not bad to have some time alone. Certainly, mm -hmm. um, it's not that that. Um, there's not healthy and productive things that happen when we're by ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's not that um, it's always wrong or unhelpful to spend time alone. That's mm -hmm. certainly not what we're trying to say in terms of a conversation on loneliness. Mm -hmm. But, you know, um, as you said, we really see it emerging all the way back in the beginning in mm -hmm. Genesis. And it's interesting that um, Adam wasn't alone because mm -hmm. God came mm -hmm. and walked with him in the cool of the garden. Mm -hmm. And yet there wasn't anybody else like Adam. There, mm -hmm. wasn't, there wasn't someone similar to him. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that text is about far more than just marriage. Yeah. It's about the, the fact that we're made in the image of God and therefore we're relational beings mm -hmm. and made to know and enjoy each other in all kinds of different spheres. Mm -hmm. um, so um, loneliness uh, is part of what it means to be a human being and not be in deep, significant relationships with other people. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that sometimes people can address that loneliness in ways that are ultimately not very helpful? Mm -hmm. And if so, what are some ways that you've perhaps <laughs> encountered that or pursued it yourself? <laughs> That's a great question, Chuck. Um, maybe I'll start with the first one, encountered it in other people. <laughs> the safe answer. Yep. Um, so I work with college students, so like the primary ways I see people um, dealing with their loneliness is through distraction, um, and a lot of that through distraction through technology. Um, and so when they feel lonely or they feel things that they don't want to feel, it's easier to just throw yourself into Netflix sure. and throw yourself into the lives of other people and distract yourselves with their problems versus your own problems. Um, in a similar way, things like Instagram, Facebook, social media, yeah. um, they, it's easier to watch the highlight reels of other people's lives mm -hmm. and distract ourselves with the good things that are going for them versus thinking about our own loneliness and um, actually trying to work through that um, ourselves. 
Um, so those are some of the things that come to mind immediately. I will say for me, when I'm feeling lonely, I often will distract myself as well, so- sometimes with those things too. Um, sometimes it's just trying to keep busy. Mm. Um, and that's the way I deal with um, not dealing with loneliness. So I'll say yes to a lot of things and a lot of things that people want me to do. And I'll never slow down enough to really actually deal with it. The interesting thing about a pandemic is it really slows our lives to a halt. So I haven't had as many opportunities just to say yes. And so I've actually like had to deal a lot more with my loneliness as well, hmm. just because I don't have access to the same distractions and methods of dealing with it. Yeah. So that's been hard, but really good for me. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what what are you finding are more healthy, productive ways of trying to ad- to address or deal with the issue of loneliness? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe this is a obvious answer, <laughs> but just spending time in the Word. Um, I feel like before the pandemic, my time in the Word was very distracted. And as things have started to kind of slow down, God's Word has just been very vibrant. And um, just being able to hear God speak and what He's saying to me. Um, I think also um, it's really easy just to read the Word and make it an intellectual exercise, but then actually saying, well, how does this come to bear on my life? And what are the things that God is trying to unearth in me too? Um, and so using my spare time to be able to actually think and pray through like those things, um, those have been really helpful. Um, I think also just um, while the pace of life is slower, there's still plenty of opportunities to serve other people sure. still too. Um, and just like keeping my hands busy still to some degree, trying to help others. Um, that also helps with loneliness yeah. as well, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I yeah. completely agree. Um, uh, what part, Maddie, do you think the church is called by God to play in helping people be in significant relationships? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good question and an interesting one considering um, right now, we can't really gather uh-huh. as a church. Right. So, what does that what does that look like normally, and yet what does that look like now? Sure. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is like the church is God's family, um, and so family is like number one relationships, right? And so, the, I think the church really needs to be at the forefront um, of helping people deal with their loneliness, um, especially if we're the family of God. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, it says in First Peter um, that once we were not a people, and now we are, um, that we were isolated, alone, individualistic, and um, ultimately uh, self-destructing in sin. Mm-hmm. And yet, God now in Christ has made us His people, and mm-hmm. that's an, that's an identity that we have. And it's expressed as we make a commitment in membership in a church, um, and then begin to, in all different, all kinds of different ways, live out that um, that membership commitment in relationships with each other. And you're right; these these, these are uh, many of the ways we would commonly do that. Uh, those activities are are truncated or just not present at all right now. Mm. Um, Hopefully, in the coming weeks, that will that will lessen, 
and we'll be able to do more than we're able right now. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's going to look different for, for a while. So mm-hmm. how do you think we might be able to pursue uh, living out our membership commitments even when we're limited in the number of people we can get together with? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I think this really takes us back to like the basics of relationships and community that it was never really about programs mm. and all the things we were able to do formally as a church. Um, I think our church does a great job of emphasizing the one another's, get together with people, read one-on-one, do those things. And I think now more than ever, those things become even more important. Um, and the people that may be struggling, maybe that wasn't a natural instinct or maybe that was hard before, but now's an opportunity to really start to learn those things. Um, so we may not be able to gather, you know, for our gospel communities, disciple makers and big groups like that, but you can get together one-on-one couple of people and you can sit outside, hopefully in some shade (laughs) (laughs) and open up the scriptures Mm -hmm. and do something like that. Um, and so I just really think it takes us back to what does the Bible really tell us community is? It's not in our programs. It's in the relationships that we pursue with one another. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's great. Really insightful. Um, so uh, church, we want to encourage you to um, call each other, text each other, reach out. Um, if you're able, you're not real high risk to uh, get together, as Maddie has said, with a couple of people and... Um, invest in each other relationally, that's, that's going to be a huge, huge help to really prioritize those membership commitments that are life-giving and the relationships. There's just nothing quite like that to, to lift up the lonely heart. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, as you think about this topic, are there other things that you would mm-hmm. uh, want to uh, poke in and ask mm-hmm. about or, or you just have found helpful that you would like to mention? Yeah, I have two things. I'll start with one and see what you think too. So maybe I'll ask you a, a question, okay. Chuck. Um, thinking about like we live in Tempe, which is a pretty transient community, and there's just a lot of young professionals and singles. Um, how do you think that the pandemic and everything that's happened has impacted not just college students, but single people in general in our church? Yeah, um, the the people I have found myself thinking and praying for the most in the last two months have been people who um, are not going home to families. Um, And maybe they have a roommate or maybe they live alone, Um, but there's a a large percentage of Church on Mill, let alone Tempe, um, are made up of uh, people who either went to college here and they have family in some other part of the, the state or city, but they've chosen to stay close to Church on Mill after they've graduated, or they've just moved here after college and their families are back home somewhere else. And so, um, you know, the, the people like with kids and uh, particularly young kids, they're not feeling lonely at all. They are absolutely smothered. They have been climbed on, spit on, burped on, you name it. And, um, you know, they're, that, that part of the body, I think, is feeling much more pressure and that there's a lot more people on top of them than they're used to. And they could probably use a little alone time. Um, 
Whereas uh, the person who um, doesn't live with people that they're that close to, and the people they are really close to are are not in their place of residence. Um, those are really the folks I've been the most concerned about, honestly, uh, because being in close relationship with each other is just one of the huge gifts of God that the church provides. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like one of the real gifts the body could provide each other right now is that we be thoughtful about reaching out to people that we wonder, um, are they feeling alone? Mm-hmm. And to know that that's not a, it's, it's not a sign of weakness to feel lonely and to, to go out of our way to love and accommodate and minister to and reach out to folks. So certainly a single adult could reach out and do that with another single adult. But really I'm thinking about um, those of us who um, maybe have people we live with who are church members that we're close to. Um, so roommates, um, and then the families. Um, just know that the experience that we're having is dramatically different than the experience of someone who most of their activities and relationships are outside the home. And I would just want to encourage you to uh, church to pursue people, invite them over, um, sit outside, do whatever you're comfortable doing, but but you may really be throwing out uh, divine life preservers and helping people not feel swallowed up in their loneliness. Um, so I, I would imagine the longer this goes, the harder and more difficult and deep that struggle is gonna be. Mm-hmm. Um, and if this really was the pandemic before the pandemic, then you, you may be a blessing to somebody beyond your wildest imagination simply by spending 30 minutes with them. Mm-hmm. if they've been alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I definitely think for s- singles, this was already a topic that they were thinking about, especially like loneliness. And I think about a lot of the singles in our church and how they're some of the most involved people right. that come to every single yep. thing um, because this really is their family. And so I think that they really teach us the priority of the church family yes. because this is it for them. Right. Um, and so I would hope that by us caring for them, especially during like the pandemic, it would teach us all the more to care for them when the pandemic has passed, to think like, maybe I don't want to just get together with another couple or another family, but how can I invite these singles into my house and invite them into my lives, uh, into my life, (laughs) only one life. Um, And I think that maybe the church can really learn how to care for singles well as a result of this. I agree. Because that was already a problem before. Right. So, Um, People who are are not married face one set of challenges. People who are married face another set of challenges. And it's easy to just think everybody's dealing with the same things that you are. Mm -hmm. Um, But by God's grace, uh, the Lord has brought so many people here who um, are... Uh, not yet married or don't want to be um, or it's just not the right time yet and we certainly uh, those of us who are or who live with other church members and are really tight with them can just envelop them into our lives more Mm -hmm. and uh, what a great opportunity this has Mm -hmm. presented to do some of that Mm -hmm. so thanks for raising that topic it's really great 
You mentioned us another thing. You had two. Yeah, I did have another one. I think that um, talking about Jesus and his example could be really helpful. Oh, jeez. Um, you always got to bring Jesus up. You got to bring back to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's about him, right, Chuck? <laughs> um, so I think a question we can ask is, did Jesus ever feel lonely and how did he deal with it? Mm-hmm. And that would be like a really helpful question for all of us to be thinking about. Um, I'd be curious your, of your thoughts, Chuck, but just some initial thoughts. I think Jesus was probably one of the loneliest people who ever walked the earth. <laughs> um, he was a sinless person. He was God, and he was surrounded by sinners and sin constantly. Um, even his own family didn't even understand him at times. It wasn't like he could just go to somebody and be like, oh, I'm really struggling because of all this sin that I have to deal with, and these people just don't understand who I am. He was really alone in all of that. Um, And so I think something that's encouraging is that Jesus felt lonely, and um, therefore like he's a a high priest who sympathizes with us um, in that struggle. Um, What other thoughts do you have, Chuck, about how Jesus meets us in our loneliness or understands that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He... He would have certainly felt um, a, a measure of that. He, he had to have. Um, if he uh, sympathizes with us in all our weaknesses um, because he faced all the similar circumstances, then, yeah, it would certainly make sense to say that he would have had to have been lonely at times. Um, one instance that stands out to me is uh, the night he was arrested. And, you know, he had kind of concentric circles of relationships that got tighter Mm -hmm. the closer in and there was that core of three disciples that he was the closest with Mm -hmm. those those would have been his dearest friends Mm -hmm. and um he he was at a moment in which he really needed them and he asked them to pray and then he went over probably to be alone in order to voice a prayer he didn't want anybody else to hear and when he came back, they were asleep. And um, as you know, that happened multiple times. And um, a big part of loneliness is disappointment. And it's um, your life not looking like you thought it would, your relationships not being what you thought they'd be, um, and then just dealing with the behavior of other people. Now, Jesus already knew, of course, that that was going to happen, but didn't make him feel any less isolated in those moments, probably. Um, and, and leadership is always lonely. There's, there are certainly elements of leadership that um, are a challenge from that relational perspective, and Jesus would have dealt with that constantly. But, you know, um, the fact that he was always in right relationship with the Father must also mean that at the deepest level, he wasn't lonely at all. So um, kind of interesting to think about that as a two-way street. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, relationally, he had some loneliness in terms of human interaction, but in his, in his perfect walk with the Father, he was always in union with him and never, ever, ever alone in perfect fellowship. And in John 13 and 17, you know, passages you know well, both places uh, he references the depth of relationship that the Godhead shares. Mm -hmm. And we're invited into that. And that's part of 
why our deepest level of loneliness has been resolved. And then so much of that gets sorted out as we do pursue um, each other. Mm-hmm. So um, you did a good job bringing Jesus up. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> He's kind of a big deal, you know. <laughs> he is. He is a big deal. Um, any last thoughts related to uh, just encouraging the body to pursue each other, uh, turning away from loneliness, anything like that? Mm. Yeah, I guess I would just want to press into what you just said. Like, while Jesus did have an element or feel an element of loneliness, he also didn't at the same time. And I think that's something that we can all lean into, too, knowing that we really aren't alone because God is with us. So really on the deepest level, we're never alone. Yet at the same time, that doesn't mean that we should just not pursue relationships with people. We need community. We need people like us also to relate to. Um, and so I appreciate what you just said because it shows both sides of what we really need during this pandemic. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You, um, Maddie, uh, I don't remember exactly how long ago this was, maybe two years. Um, one of the times I got the sickest, um, I, I couldn't really leave the house because I was so uh, dizzy and weak. Um, and you came over and had a meal with us mm-hmm. and just sat at the table and I couldn't, I couldn't even talk right. Not that I, not that I'm doing a great job right now, <laughs> but um, you know, I, I, I struggled to find words because um, the, my disease has affected my brain, and mm-hmm. and it sounded like as people tried to talk to me that I'd had a stroke. And uh, you just came and sat and were mm-hmm. present and at the table, and um, still remember that as a huge gift. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just to encourage the church, I felt super uncomfortable being there, just not knowing what to do or even what to say sometimes. <laughs> but just, I think that that just should encourage all of us. Like, you may feel awkward as you pursue relationships or meet people yeah. in struggles that are really difficult, and you may not know what to say, and you may fumble over your words, or you'll feel uncomfortable. Um, but that's okay. Like, pursue and move towards people anyway. So, yeah. yeah. Amen. Thank you so much for being on this edition, this episode of Jesus is is Better, the podcast. (laughs) We'll have you again. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of Jesus is Better. For more info, visit us at www.churchonmill.org. That's churchonmill.org dot o-r-g